You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining us. President Donald Trump says he has reached a new trade deal with Mexico to replace NAFTA, but he still hasn't reached a deal with Canada, who is the other party to NAFTA. Trump says if he can't reach a deal with the Canadians, he's going to raise taxes on Canadian cars. But Canadian cars are American autos manufactured by our neighbors to the north. There's really no such thing as Canadian cars. So how are our Detroit-based automakers feeling about what the president is threatening? Here to talk more about trade and Detroit and autos is Michelle Krebs. She is the Detroit-based executive analyst for autotrader.com. Michelle, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I, I can't tell if this is an instance of the president bluffing, which he does a lot. Uh, I can't tell if this is an instance of the president not knowing what he's talking about, uh, which is also pretty frequent. Or I can't tell if this is some combination of the two. But this is a strange thing to say, that you're going to raise taxes on Canadian cars. Uh, Explain the relationship between the U.S. and Canada and autos so that the listeners understand why that's such a strange statement to make. Well, we had a NAFTA agreement that yes. was uh, agreed to 20-some years yes. ago. Yes, yes. 95, um, was it? Or yes, I can't remember. I can't remember exactly yeah. the date. But um, under that agreement, uh, vehicles and vehicle parts could move freely across borders, Mexico, U.S., Canada, U.S., back and forth. It's a very intricate fabric of uh, uh, part supply production. And... Uh, President Trump has never liked that. He used it on the campaign trail, mm-hmm. said it was the worst agreement ever. Mm-hmm. Many people, uh, particularly union members uh, and workers in the U.S., uh, agreed. They they felt that the Mexico took jobs away. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're renegotiating that, um, but one country at a time. So the Mexico <laughs> deal was made. It's right. not completely nailed down. And this week, they're back at the table with Canada negotiating that agreement. Now, just as you point out, there aren't there aren't Canadian auto companies. No. They're American, Japanese. The Chevy Equinox is mm-hmm. built in Canada. Mm-hmm. The Honda Civic is built there. There are a number of a Fiat Chrysler, for heaven's sakes. Uh, the Chrysler Pacifica is yes. built just across the river. Just across the river here, right? And so uh, that relationship. Uh, I, let's start here. That relationship is one of the things that has brought us reasonable prices on cars, correct? That the, the, This freedom of moving these parts back and forth across the border. Correct, because if you have this continent where the automakers can decide the best place to produce the parts, many in Mexico, mm-hmm. uh, and then many of them are fine, the final assembly is here in, in the U.S. So right. yes, it has kept prices pretty reasonable. Yeah, uh, and and the, the union objection to NAFTA has to do with Mexico. It doesn't have to do with Canada, per se. Is that right? I, no, not per se. Yeah. I, Mexico has been the big uh, uh, issue with, yeah. with workers. Yeah. Uh, because they pay much lower wages. Because their wages are lower, and, and uh, automakers have moved some of their operations, in some cases right. a lot of their operations, to Mexico in order to take advantage of those wages and keep prices low. Correct. But this this issue of of Canada. I mean, I guess I'm trying to get at what the what the issue the president sees 
is with Canada as opposed to Mexico? What is it that he doesn't like that Canada's doing? Well, it also has a lot to do not with just autos. Um, there's the whole issue of dairy. Sure. Um, you know, we saw... So there are a lot of other issues that play into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk about what would happen if, for instance, he tried to raise taxes on Canadian cars, which uh, don't exist. I guess what you would try to do is tax the parts that are going back and forth. But those would be taxes levied against American and other uh, foreign automakers, correct? Well, correct, be- mm-hmm. because you have uh, Honda, Toyota, Fiat Chrysler, Ford, GM, all building cars in Canada. Right. Um, and they would bring them into the U.S. And presumably um, those would have a tariff. Yeah. It could be as much as 25%. And that would ra- the auto companies are not going to eat that cost. Right, right. Uh, the auto companies have, have talked for a while about their dissatisfaction with some of the rhetoric and some of the policies that this president has embraced uh, with regard to trade raising tariffs on on foreign uh, countries, uh, imports from, from those countries. They keep saying that they're going to have to raise car prices. But to this point, I, I can't remember something else that was so specifically targeted at them that would instantly raise prices on their end and therefore, I think, cause them to have to raise prices in the showrooms, right? Um, well, they've already the steel well, tariffs. aluminum yeah, and steel right. have tariffs on them now. Uh, that's added a couple two or three hundred dollars uh, a car, uh, a cost per car. And what we saw in the last earnings reports is that has had an impact on um, the bottom line of the auto companies here. Mm-hmm. They haven't necessarily rate. They haven't passed that on to consumers necessarily yet. Yes. However, with the pressure from Wall Street to improve profit margins. You have to believe that 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 absorbing that cost is not sustainable. Yeah. That eventually will be passed on to consumers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Michelle Krebs, the Detroit-based executive analyst for Autotrader.com. We are talking about President Trump and his efforts to renegotiate the North American Free Trade Agreement. He says he's reached a deal with Mexico. He's trying to reach a deal with the Canadians, and he says if he can't, reach that deal, he will raise taxes on, quote, Canadian cars, which is a curious phrase, given that uh, there are not Canadian automakers. In fact, it's U.S. automakers and automakers from around the globe who make cars in Canada or move parts back and across, uh, back and forth across the border in order to make their cars. Uh, we're talking about what effect that would have on our car buying here and, uh, of course, on our economy here in the United States. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious about where we are with the auto uh, recovery from, from bankruptcy uh, we've we've seen some cooling off of the the sort of exuberant bounce back and 17 million uh, units and things like that. But but are we in a place that we should be concerned about the health of the auto industry going forward? And where something like this, which involves trade, could really set off uh, a more catastrophic uh, set of circumstances than we're even thinking about. Well, that is a concern because if you look back. Um, we came out of the Great Recession. The auto companies bounced back. Um, they they kind of led the economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, car sales, uh, new vehicle sales hit a record two years ago. Um, and they, you know, these cycles always end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when we never know or how, how much do they collapse. 
Um, at right now, we're anticipating sales were down a little bit last year, a little bit more this year. We anticipate they'll be down a little bit more in the next couple of years. We don't see a collapse, but but these kind of uh, issues, trade issues, could make sales fall more, especially if they raise prices. Mm-hmm. When you raise prices, you automatically lose some consumers. When you lose some consumers, you uh, cut back production, and when you cut back production, you lay off workers. Yeah, yeah, and that's something we haven't seen a whole lot of out of the auto industry. I feel like in the last couple of years, we, you know, we're used to the sort of cycle up and down. Sometimes there are plant stoppages, uh, temporary layoffs, things like that. It seems like that's less frequent. It's less frequent. The auto companies have been very disciplined about not overbuilding plants. They've also been disciplined. The, the big thing we have seen in terms of where uh, layoffs have, have occurred is when we've seen this huge shift of consumers going to sport utility vehicles mm-hmm, from mm-hmm, cars, mm-hmm. traditional cars. And so in plants like Lordstown, Ohio, where they build the Chevy Cruze, we have seen shifts eliminated and um, you know, uh, cutbacks there and layoffs there. So right. that's been a shift in the market by consumers. Yeah. Uh, what about that shift, which has also caused uh, some automakers to say, look, we're not even going to make cars or small cars in this country anymore. We're just going to concentrate on trucks and uh, sport utility vehicles. Is that also depending on or dependent on this trade relationship that we have, these open kind of trade borders with Mexico and Canada to make those affordable? Well, yes, to some degree, because those have gotten very pricey. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also those are also dependent on if we saw uh, gas prices skyrocket, which we aren't anticipating, mm-hmm. um, that could be an issue. Uh, you know, it. Fiat Chrysler looks brilliant for getting out of the car business a couple right. of years ago, and everybody raised their eyebrows. Now Ford is getting out of a lot of the car uh, lines. Um, so it, it has been an amazing shift. And it hasn't been just North America. It's been a global shift global. that's going on. But yeah. they do, you know, they still at least have the expertise to build cars. Yeah, yeah. You know, I also wonder whether this kind of trade uh, instability has an effect on the electrification and technology sort of push in in uh, the auto industry. I mean, the last time you were here, in fact, I think we were talking about uh, technology and the way it's driving the auto industry and changing the way we get ourselves around. How much is that dependent on uh, open border trade with Canada and Mexico? Well, certainly you want uh, sales to stay strong and your costs to be in line so mm-hmm. that you can keep making a lot of money on those F-150s and Silverados and Rams because that is where you're getting the money to, to, invest, uh, in... to invest in these technologies that aren't making money yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, so it seems like w- what the president is talking about then does kind of threaten all of the things that we've seen go right with the auto industry in the last uh, couple of years. And it, I guess, again, it gets back to that initial question. Is this someone who just doesn't understand? Is this someone who is blustering as a way of trying to get the other party to acquiesce? Uh, but but either way, it does seem dangerous. It, it is dangerous, and it's dangerous to the auto industry and, and dangerous to the economy. Yeah. Okay, Michelle Krebs, Detroit-based executive analyst for autotrader.com. Always great to have you here on Detroit Today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Detroit Today was produced by Laura Weber-Davis and Jake Neer. Our program director is Joan Isabella. The technical director and engineer is Matthew Trevethan. And our associate producer is Gus Navarro. Detroit Today's theme song was composed 
by WDET Sam Bobian. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, community service of Wayne State University. I'll see you tomorrow.